Um, so this is what I think McCarthy is doing within this corpus, within this body of work. Is trying to relay how our present circumstances of everyday life in the north of Mexico, how they came about through violence, how they have a lingering presence of that history and the contemporary circumstances of the configuration of borders, uh, of territory, uh, of geography, and how that configuration has come about through this history of violence. Welcome to the Festival of Urbanism's Book Club podcast. You're on City Road and I'm Fenella Kernerbone. I'm the Head of Programming for Sydney Ideas at the University of Sydney and it is great to have you along. Today, Dallas Rogers is speaking with Adam Morton on Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian via Zoom. Well, Adam, thanks so much for joining me on the City Road podcast and Festival of Urbanism book club series. We're here to talk about Cormac McCarthy and we're going to talk about Blood Meridian, the book, but I thought I'd start with The Road because when I first encountered The Road, it was really quite an unsettling novel and actually it still kind of unsettles me today. So I thought I'd ask you why you like this author to start with. Cormac McCarthy for me too is a very very unsettling author, um, whether that be The Road or Blood Meridian, which we'll get into in a little while. I think McCarthy's interesting just at a general level because he poses these really complicated questions about history, about geography and about humanity as well and the sorts of circumstances that unfold uh, when humanity is posed with challenges, uh, with crisis and in The Road uh, one assumes ecological uh, circumstances which are man-made or made by humanity uh, and then have their blowback against us. So he's a very troubling author and writer by his own admission, but I think that's his social function as well. Mm. He makes us look at things that we know are probably there, but we don't want to look at. I think that's the thing that he does for me. Let's get into Blood Meridian, the book that you've just written an essay about, and we'll put a link to that up on our website. Why are you so interested in this book as a political economist? Yeah, it's a great question, and it might actually surprise some of my political economy colleagues as well. Cormac McCarthy in this book, which was written in the 1970s and then completed in 1982, focuses on the southwest of the US-Mexico borderlands in a period after the US-Mexican War of 1846 to 48. So he's drawing us into, as the reader, a history and a geography, um, which has a very, very complex, uh, unsettling and violent past and also present circumstances as well. So as a political economist, working uh, in my previous work on Mexico, I eventually came to Cormac McCarthy, and he reveals through the history and the geography the violent processes of the coming into being of territory, of capital, and also the modern state as well. So there's a lot of complex reasons for us to pick up Cormac McCarthy beyond being drawn to him just as a writer of novels. Mm. 
You better tell us a little bit about the storyline itself. Can you give us a potted sort of story arc for the book? Yeah, the, the great thing about McCarthy's writing is that there's a factual husk in Blood Meridian explicitly, which focuses on the borderlands of the US and Mexico in this period from 1846 or after 1846 to 1848. And he's explicitly focusing on a group of filibusterers or mercenaries, which are unauthorised agents engaged in warfare and the very uncomfortable subject matter of scalping Native Americans or Indigenous peoples. And this group, in terms of the factual husk, is based on a historical set of actors called the John Joel Glanton Gang, which were contracted by the state of Chihuahua in Mexico to uh, actually target indigenous populations um, that made up Apacheria or the, the different nations of the Apache. McCarthy also draws from memoirs of the period in the 1850s about these acts, notably by Samuel Chamberlain, and also the historical agency of figures like um, Benjamin McCulloch from the Texas Rangers. So there's a historical and a factual husk to the book, but there's also a geographical place-based focus as well, which is the land of the territory that the novel traverses, which is the geography that Cormac McCarthy himself has also travelled through. So in combination, what we get with McCarthy is this mingling of history and geography as well as his layering of uh, fiction as well, because he's quite explicit in saying, yes, the book speaks back to history and geography directly in a material sense, but I'm also writing an account of fiction as well. Mm. So we get these conditions of frontier conflict and violence, US manifest destiny, and at the centre of it is this uh, group of mercenaries or filibusterers, the acts they engage in, and in particularly, the endeavour to appropriate land, but then also very uncomfortably to exterminate or extirpate native populations as well. Now, in Spanish, they call this ladroneria, uh, which is thievery. And there's a great set of work that's being done in political economy and, and in geography at the moment that looks at the condi conditions of settler colonialism not only in the Americas, but elsewhere in the world, Australia here would be pertinent, that looks at the acts the acts of such thievery and the appropriation of land and the attempted uh, extermination or extirpation of native peoples, all as part and parcel of the coming into being of capital uh, and our modern world surrounded by capitalism. So McCarthy's embroiled in, in these sorts of um, big issues. Mm. I want to touch on two things there. I want to ask you a little bit about McCarthy's project here, literary project, and then I want to get into your project of analysis and what you're doing with this work. Let's start with this taking historical texts and real events and semi-fictionalising them as a way of communicating the horrors of this moment and the ongoing horrors of that moment for us. What do you think's going on there? I've asked a couple of other people in this book club about 
this mode of writing and this way of engaging with these complex issues? Yeah, it's a really great question. And it, it provides a window for me to talk about McCarthy's wider work on the southwestern geography of the southwestern novel. So Blood Meridian, when it was first published, appeared in 1985. And not to um, wide popular take up or, or appeal. Subsequently, it was succeeded by what's more well known as the Border Trilogy of novels, um, All the Pretty Horses, uh, The Crossing, uh, and uh, Cities of the Plain. And it's really those three books that started to make McCarthy's name specifically on the Southwestern geography. And then those books were um, also succeeded by what I call the Drugs Wars texts. So uh, No Country for Old Men, which many people might know through the popular movie, and The Counselor as well, which was also made into a, a significant uh, movie. What's interesting about all of these works on the Southwest, from Blood Meridian right through to the Drugs Wars texts, is that they traverse the same geography. And if you like, they are embedded and embroiled in the same history of past circumstances of violence, which we've already talked about, um, but then also their contemporary circumstances as well. So the violence that is confronted in Ciudad Juarez in the Drugs Wars texts of No Country for Old Men or The Counselor is a violence which is very is it which is a violence that is inscribed in the very history and geography of the place. Um, so this is what I think McCarthy is doing within this corpus, within this body of work, is trying to relay how our present circumstances of everyday life in the north of Mexico, how they came about through violence, how they have a lingering presence of that history and the contemporary circumstances of the configuration of borders, uh, of territory, uh, of geography, and how that configuration has come about through this history of violence. Hello, Fenella Kernabone again. If you're enjoying this discussion, make sure you head over to the City Road podcast website to listen to the other six interviews in this series. All the details are on the City Road podcast and Festival of Urbanism websites. We would love to hear from you too, so tweet us at City Road Pod. And now back to the conversation. Let's get into your analysis then. So you're a political economist with a geographical sensibility, if I may. And how are you coming to these books? I guess we are talking now about the wider corpus in, in some respects, but how are you coming to Blood Meridian as an analytical task? Yeah, so I, I guess the goal that I've set myself is to realise a book on these uh, aspects, uh, on the bringing into being of uh, the frontier, the emergence of capital through the works of the Southwestern novels of Cormac McCarthy. I guess what I'm drawn to here uh, is something that Edward Said, the great literary figure, once said about Joseph Conrad. And he said that as rigorously as Marx, Conrad saw that commodity fetishism can incorporate anything and anyone. Now, Edward Said was highly critical of Joseph Conrad. He saw him as both reproducing imperialism as well as a critic of imperial ideology. And I think um, this is useful for framing 
a political economy analysis of literature, particularly Cormac McCarthy. Um, he's a figure that um, is deeply attuned to that, that history that defines the political economy of the region. So in terms of a method, what I'm interested in doing is combining a focus on, on political economy and the sorts of resources that I would normally uh, have as my go-to approaches, as well as literature as well. Now, why is that? Well, partly um, I'm drawn to the Gothic character that is present in a text, for example, like Marx's Capital. Um, for those that, that might know the book, um, there are these representations of the vampires of capital sucking on living labour, and the more that they suck on labour, the more that capital continues to, to reproduce. So there's a focus in, in capital on the monstrous forces of capitalism. And there's a literary registration, I think, going on in Cormac McCarthy's work of those monstrous forces uh, of the, the inferno or, or the social hell that creates uh, capitalism. So for me, combining literature and political economy within my more, more recent work uh, is something that animates me. Uh, and it brings together my previous focus on uneven development and the spatial and the geographical expansion of capitalism and literature and how literature can begin to represent and also portray the violent corporeal aspects uh, of capitals coming into being. What happens to people? Uh, what happens to place? Uh, and what happens to space in the construction of, of capitalism. Well, that's really, really interesting. And I just wonder what the connection between that and thinking about capitalism today would be. I guess Cormac McCarthy, he just puts them together over a series of novels, really, historically. Will you make any connections between the present in your work? Yeah, there's a couple of ideas that I want to play with. Some of it's historical, for sure. So in the essay that you mentioned that was published in Political Geography, I draw attention to how Marx himself in Capital Volume 1 addressed the violent political economy of scalping in and on the frontier of the United States. Can you give me an example of that, maybe from the, from the book? Yeah, so... Um, I would say that the, the whole text, uh, and there's one particular passage, but the whole text is uh, infused, uh, if that's the right word, uh, with the violence of scalping. So scalping uh, is a policy that is uh, enacted by the state of Chihuahua in Mexico to hire these mercenaries. And there is a premium that is placed on, on scouts and it becomes a form of currency uh, a form of currency instead of um, instead of money, and it defines therefore the way in which the frontier uh, is is addressed and um, the agents uh, on that frontier uh, engage in these acts, uh, and then quite quite brutally when they uh, run out of um, scalps, they start to turn their attention not to the indigenous uh, populations, but actually Mexicans, uh, which are non-indigenous. And then that's when the novel gets even more trickier in terms of, um, in terms of the, the degree of violence. So what, what, what 
McCarthy is attempting to address here then are these monstrous forces of capitalism through the acts of scalping that animated Marx as well when he was talking about the expansion of capitalism. And it may be something that is lost or not significantly addressed by many or enough commentators on McCarthy is that I think it's also a novel that attempts to grapple with the explicit racialization processes that are therefore at the heart of those acts of scalping, the racialization processes that are at the heart of the expansion of capitalism. So for me, Cormac McCarthy as a novelist is also somebody that's trying to put racialization at the centre of the history and the geography of the frontier as well. And he's doing that in complex ways of representation, uh, of fragmented images, of the depiction of um, difference and race, and in particular how the acts of these mercenaries also embark on an, on the attempted mastery of nature as well. So it's a really interesting, as a somebody that traverses political economy and radical geography, how uh, the mastery of nature, as well as the attempted extermination of indigenous peoples, is of a piece within the novel. Uh, and this is really dealt with um, in really complex ways, I think. Mm. So to summarise the kind of argument you're making, you're saying that in the, the quest to claim land through the colonial process, that nature and people got tied up in the colonial process in a very violent and monstrous way where their bodies and body parts became commodities, nature became commodities, and that's the political economy part, and that this extremely violent process is part of the colonial process and changed the geography of the place moving forward. Yeah, and um, that's a great summary. And just to, as an extension of that summary as well, what McCarthy treats in the novel, which is more commonly known, is the way in which the buffalo in North America was a, was a direct and explicit target of settler colonialism as well. Why? Because if you eliminate the buffalo, one of the main means of subsistence of Native Americans is also reduced and therefore it becomes a direct, the, the, the attack on the buffalo becomes a direct attack on indigenous peoples. And this is something that McCarthy also documents towards the end of the novel. So by the time we come through the violence of, um, if you like, the clearance acts of territory in Blood Meridian, we come towards the end of the novel where really the, the ascendancy of the commodity is regnant, uh, in some ways at least. And there are survivals of indigenous peoples as well, which are really important in the novel as a message. But we come towards the consolidation of the commodity and urbanism and urbanisation um, begins to take hold towards the end of the novel, which concludes roughly in the 1880s. Um, that process of violence, therefore, is directly set against nature, in this case, uh, the buffalo, how it becomes commodified, particularly for fertiliser, which is addressed in the novel. But then also not only the attack on the mastery of nature, but also an attack on the, the defiance, the resistance and the survival of indigenous peoples as well. Mm. 
I want to end with the idea of racial capitalism, which has been floating around for a while, but is getting a bit of a resurgence, I think, lately. And I think that this is maybe a good entry point into thinking about that idea. And something that strikes me very powerfully talking to you today is just the way that your analysis and this book completely undoes the idea of capitalism as a nonviolent and peaceful and fair and freedom-creating set of structures. There is something foundationally violent and destructive about it. What does putting racial and racialization into that framework do for us conceptually as political economists or geographers? The way, the way I reflect on this again in the paper is that we, we are more familiar perhaps with the term of statecraft. So the processes uh, of historical uh, state formation, which have shaped the modern system of states. But what if we think about direct and explicit policies of racecraft, which are also constitutive of then statecraft? How is the world made through racialization processes in alignment with statecraft? And I think if we pose that question, we do then become to realise that there are explicitly violent historical processes which have shaped our modern states and societies, and actually that those violent processes are still ongoing through, whether it be through forms of incarceration or unequal housing, uh, access to health, uh, and so on and so forth. So the framework of racialization is an important central aspect, I think, of both the past and the present uh, of our modern lives. And for me, McCarthy reveals this this process of racialization, the constitution of difference, of otherness, of race and explicit racism, which is quite confronting in the novel as well in terms of the language that is depicted. But I think what what he's doing here as a craft is to realize this focus on racecraft in constructing modern statecraft. Adam, it's been so great talking to you and I am so looking forward to the book that covers all of this. I'm sure it'll be out very soon. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for your time, Dallas. Much appreciated. Thanks for listening to the Festival of Urbanism's Book Club podcast on City Road. I'm Fenella Kernerbone, Head of Programming for Sydney Ideas at the University of Sydney, the Public Talks program. If you liked this discussion, we have another six interviews in this series, and they include Kurt Iverson speaking with Elizabeth Farrelly about her book, Killing Sydney, Preston Peachy and Julie Jansen speaking about Julie's book, Benevolence, Dallas Rogers sits down with Tom Slater all about his new book, Shaking Up the City, and Vanessa Berry on Mirror Sydney, plus Shanti Robertson to talk about her new book, Temporality in Mobile Lives. All the details are on the City Road podcast and the Festival of Urbanism websites. See you next time. Music